This is the Pretty Deadly Self-Defense Podcast. I'm Susie Collick, the founder of Pretty Deadly Self-Defense. And I'm Kate Lismer, a writer, traveler, mother, and expat. As a woman who lives in a big city and likes to travel, I'm very curious about self-defense. I've never had any training, so I have a lot of questions. And I have a lot of answers. We figured you probably have similar questions too. And so we thought it'd be a great idea to share this conversation and put it in a podcast. So welcome to the Pretty Deadly Self-Defense Podcast. Okay, so in the last episode, we talked about our natural defense systems, and you mentioned how you were screaming when you were being attacked, and Mm -hmm. that the noise you were making is something that woke your neighbors, and you said even a few neighbors down the street, but that you were so loud that it actually disrupted what was happening, Mm -hmm. and it's one of the things that kept you safe. Mm -hmm. And I wonder if you could talk a bit about noise and the voice as a form of self-defense or protection. And maybe we can get into whistles and other ways that people have you or car alarms or panic buttons, whatever. Um, Are they useful? Like how much can we depend on these things? Yeah. The voice noise, all of that stuff. Um, Noise is great. Noise can really help us. It, It doesn't necessarily always disrupt the moment so for example in my event um, my screaming didn't actually stop the guy but my screaming alerted other people and the sound of them coming is what stopped the guy from continuing so noise can be a really great thing we don't always make noise and there's good reason for that because sometimes we pick up information on a subconscious level that says if you scream things will be worse and and that's important to know. We can use our voice um, as a form of self-defense, like as a weapon of self-defense. And in ninjutsu, and I think in, in quite a few other martial arts, there's uh, the ki can also be used as a weapon. So the ki is the thing that like in karate, when people go, hi-ya, that's a ki. We use ki all the time, actually, in our daily life, but we're not Japanese, so we don't call it ki. It's... Um, like when you stub your toe, you know, and you're like, ah, that's a key. You're also releasing some of the pressure of that pain. When you, when your sports team wins and you're like, yeah, that's also a key. So it can be joyful and victorious, or it can be to release pain or whatever it is. It's a release of energy. In ninjutsu, we learn to modulate the key so that it can be very strong. It can be very soft. It can be very cutting. It can be sort of low and powerful. It can be really loud. Um, it can be, it's just a great weapon and it's not something that I've actually been using in my courses for a while just because we haven't had the space to make noise, but you can use this against someone who is rushing towards you. So take for example, the scenario that you're standing on a subway platform waiting for the train and maybe it's late at night and you're the only person there. And someone's coming towards you and it's threatening. You know, whether it's a drunk person, a homeless person, or someone who's actually just directly going to hurt you. As they come towards you, because they'll come towards you with, with purpose and, and probably walking fairly quickly after a certain distance. As they come towards you, you can judge for yourself when is the best time for you to do that, but you can simply let out a ki really loud. It it will stop them in their tracks and sometimes actually drop them because they'll be so surprised. What does that sound like? 
<laughs> I'm really reluctant to do that in the microphone. I'll if just back up a little back bit. Up, yeah. So imagine that, um, yeah, that somebody is walking towards me and I turn and see them and I realize that I'm having a threat and I might turn and go, ha! Which is nothing, but it's shocking. Right. And it's disruptive. So just as you like very, um, you said very insightfully, you know, that's that making that noise disrupted what was happening. And that's exactly what noise can do. We can use our own voice. Sometimes we have laryngitis or we've been talking too much and our voices aren't reliable in the moment. That's totally okay. We can use hand claps. We can, foot stomps aren't quite as noisy. Um, hand claps are great. You can also just clap right in somebody's face. Um, whistles can be great if you're able to get to it. Whistles and that kind of stuff goes back to me to being similar to weapons. Um, they need to be really accessible and really easy to access so that you can do it immediately. Um, an alarm button from... I don't actually understand those because they came about after I moved out of the United States. So Isn't I, it like I haven't owned a car in a really long time either, but on oh, your... Oh, if you hit your... I think there's... Listen to us talking like... <laughs> we don't know. <laughs> that foreign land. Yeah, <laughs> a panic button on your car key, and I think it sets can, off your car alarm so that right. if you're in a parking lot or something right. like that. Yeah, I mean, alert. that... Yeah, that can work as well. I think that that one's a little more iffy just because that happens. Because car you have alarms, to be by your car, I guess. Right, and I think also because car alarms go off all the time, right. and, and I think people tend to ignore it. Yes. Um, so, but, it, but there are panic buttons for people as a form of self-defense, but my understanding is that they alert um, police or your friends or whoever, so I don't think that they make noise necessarily. They may. I don't really know about them. I don't... I don't really agree with them, um, so I haven't looked into them. Do you know much. anything about these new apps where you can? Now I can't remember what it's called, but I just heard about it where you can turn it on, and then if you like release the button, it calls nine one one or oh something like it calls like emergency services. So the idea right. is like you feel like someone is following you, and you open this app, and then you have your finger on the button. Have you heard of this? No, but I, <laughs> I have two things to say about that. One, in a previous episode, we talked about how to make yourself more safe. You know, do you take off the headphones? Do you put away the mobile phone? But if the app is on your mobile phone and people are telling you that, if, you know, put down the phone so that you're safer. No, but meanwhile, you've got to yeah. access the app. I mean, it's an impossible situation. Right. Right. Oh, it drives me crazy. Patriarchy. <laughs> so, um, yeah, I, I have heard of versions of those and I don't agree with them only because, um, yes, they'll alert the authorities, the, the emergency services, whoever, or even your friends who may find you later, but they have to be in the area. They have to be able to show up immediately in certain cities. That's not a priority. You know, and so well, and there's so much room for error, right? Like, and there's so much room for error. But the thing is, is the you know, it takes it takes three minutes, three minutes to change somebody's life forever from violence. It takes less than a second to end somebody's life from violence. Wh wh who's going to show up in that time? 
What are you supposed to do while you're waiting? Like run around the cars while they're chasing you? What, what if you're, uh, what if you have a physical challenge? What if you're in a wheelchair? You know, what if you have multiple sclerosis and you can only walk with crutches? How are you supposed to run? You know, what if you're, I don't know. I mean, a, a, any number of things while you're waiting for those people right. to show up. Right. Which is why I advocate learning what you can do with your own body. Your own body is a powerful, powerful weapon. Not only in sort of a feminist empowerment sense, but just in body dynamics and structure. You know, if you know anything about CrossFit, um, and granted, you know, CrossFitters are a little nuts. And most time when you see, most of the time when you see them, they're, they're pretty pumped up. But they don't usually start out that way. You know, I did CrossFit when I was in Paris, and I was, I started at 43, I think, really overweight, about 30 or 40 pounds, whatever that is in kilos, overweight. And in three, and could really not like, you know, I think the max that I could deadlift was about 35 kilo, which is about 70 pounds. And by the time I left Paris and left CrossFit, it was 90 pounds. No, I'm sorry, 90 kilo. Wait, no, what? Yeah, 90 kilo. <laughs> that's crazy. What yeah, that's that? crazy. It's 200 something. Yeah, it's a little over 200 pounds. Yeah. So that's, that's immense. Mm-hmm. In my, you know, I'm an average-sized woman. There's nothing particularly special about my physique. Right. But, but even for someone who's not gone through CrossFit, yeah, who yeah, hasn't yeah. done all this, like exactly. you can still leverage your body weight and what you have. And like even if you have minimal strength, like there's things you can do to defend yourself in the moment without tons of preparation and noise. Exactly. It's, it's, yeah, it's just, it's basic physics. It's mass plus speed equals power. Right. I don't, or whatever that equation is supposed to be in physics talk, (laughs) but nonetheless, that's what it is. Your mass plus speed, it basically usually concentrated to a tiny point of power, whether it's your fist, your elbow tip, your knee, whatever it is. That's an enormous amount of power for anyone, even if you only weigh, you know, 98 pounds. Right. So I wanted to quickly get back to this, this noise idea because... So it's mass time speed. Yep. Science. Yeah, <laughs> math. <laughs> what about things you can say? Uh, and I'm thinking particularly if you're on a subway platform or this happens to me a lot where I'm feeling uncomfortable and someone's saying something to me mm-hmm. that I don't really want them to say. And one of the things, um, actually my husband always told me to say was like, say, I don't know you like, please get away from me because it also alerts the people around you that, right. that this isn't a person, you know, and that you're, you're in right. an uncomfortable situation. Are there other things that someone could say if it's public, if there's an opportunity to get help, Mm-hmm. What are things we can do just to create that space? I think your husband's point about um, letting people around you know that this is a stranger is a really good point. I like to take that one step further just because I'm aware of the fact that sometimes that can get turned around on us. So so often women um, and anybody who is considered other um, are easily rendered as hysterical and overreacting. And so even in the calmest voice, you can say, I don't know you. And that person can turn it around and go, she's crazy. So it's, it, and then it becomes, you know, whose side is everybody going to get on? Well, in Germany, they won't take a side. 
Yeah, <laughs> it's like Switzerland, only Germany. <laughs> so the what I prefer to do is say what's wrong with you, but in a non-confrontational way, almost like, you know, do you have the flu or something? Also in a very, very calm voice. So to say something like, what's wrong with you? When I'm very calm and my voice is very calm and I'm asking it in that way, that alerts the people around me that there's something wrong with that person. It puts the spotlight on them. Mm. Creeps in general, especially, the, you know, because they're usually the ones who are harassing people on, on public transport or in parks, whatever. They, they, they prefer the shadows to the spotlight. So anything that shines the spotlight of the public on them and their behavior will shut down the behavior or is likely to, I, I, I don't want to make like, you know, no, but that's promises, but, yeah. but so to say, you know, what's wrong with you? Other people here, why is that reasonable sounding woman saying that to that man? She's not saying anything hysterical. She's asking a question. What is wrong with you? Right. Which plants the idea in other people's minds. Well, yeah, what is wrong with that person? Right. How do you answer that question? Nothing. Right. Well, then why are you staring at me? Why are you doing this? Why are you doing that? You know, right. the best way to answer that question, if it's being asked of you in that way, is to say nothing and stop what you're doing and slink off. Yeah. Any other any other ones before we end this this episode? Any other things to say? Yeah. Um, no is always a useful, useful thing. I think especially um, for people who identify as women, no is a really hard thing to say. We often are told that to say the word no can also produce punishment. Um, we're kind of socialized to believe that saying no w will bring punishment to us. So we always say yes or maybe or we um, we try and soften the blow of the word no. But simply saying no firmly, again, not aggressively. Um, and sometimes when I need to do that, when I've needed to do that in my, vo in my life, um, I adopt a mom voice which can be really, really, really helpful. Do it. Let's hear it. <laughs> um, so my mom, my mom, it's that voice of like, you know, one more word out of you. Oh, I do that one too. That's and, and, and that's it. You know, so basically it's, let's see if I can make myself do it. Um, <clears throat> no. Th that's my best mom no, voice. That's good. It's, there's a little, <laughs> it's almost like your, your throat tenses up. When I do that with my kids, it's like, no, and then knock it off, and then exactly. Like, yeah. But it's but it is. It's also it's alerting the other person or the per people around you. You've this is your limit. This is the limit of your boundary, right? And that's it. You know, right. and and that's worked more often than not. Actually, just saying no. Yeah, yeah and, and in just saying no, and also no in the mom voice. Right. Pretty much anything in the mom voice works. <laughs> it's true. It's great. <laughs> yeah, it's useful. Okay, thank you so much. Thank you. Pretty Deadly Self-Defense is a self-defense program created by a 20-year martial arts veteran and violent crime survivor, Susie Collin, based in Berlin, Germany. You can learn more about Susie and the Pretty Deadly Self-Defense program at prettydeadlyselfdefense.com.